to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 29th of September 2013, entitled, Be Thankful Unto Him. And the Barber reading is Psalm 100. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. As a reminder, because I'm just as guilty as many of you, uh, so many times... Uh, of just taking for granted all the wonderful blessings that are ours. But I remind you again, as the psalmist wrote under inspiration in Psalm 100, if you'd like to stand to honor the reading of God's holy word, as we take this time to, to look there, it says in Psalm 100, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. Father, as we come on this special day that has been set aside for the express purpose, Lord, of bringing our thanks to you, we realize, Lord, that thanks is something that should come every day of our lives, not just on Harvest Thanksgiving. But Lord, as we focus our attention here today at this wonderful passage in your word, we just pray that you would speak to our hearts, Lord. Lord, there's nothing I can say here to make a difference today, but I pray that your word, through the power of your spirit, will speak that which you need spoken to each and every one. We'll give you the praise and thanks for it in Jesus' precious, loving, and holy name we pray. Amen and amen. I don't think that I would find too many that would disagree with me if I said that uh, we certainly, as we look around us, we, we live in a world of constant change, and so much of the time of, of, of constant upheaval. There are very few things that we can count on being the same next week or next month or next year because things just don't stay the same for very long. We see so much bad going on around us. The news has been filled, even in, in, in recent weeks, with the deaths and the killings, the murders of, of men and women and boys and girls. We look around us and, of course, as we see all of these bad things, these difficult things, there's still an awful lot of good to be thankful for. There's so many wonderful and beautiful things around us that the sheer fact is is that we're blessed with them to, to be there that so many times they just begin to go unnoticed. We just become too accustomed to them. It's amazing as we look back through the history of the church that it's usually when the church is suffering the most, when it's being persecuted the most, that we find that it has some of its greatest revivals. That we see some of the strongest Christians. Folks, for all of us, and your pastor included, it's, it's just all too easy to become too accustomed 
to our blessings. And of course, we should be reminding ourselves on a daily basis of just how much that we really are blessed with. And on days that have been set aside for this specific purpose, it's there to remind us, to remind us not to be the only time out of the year that we come and say thank you, but just remind us of what a blessed people that we are and how much that we do have to be truly thankful for. Of course, as we look into this psalm here in Psalm 100, we find that it's really, there's really two different parts there. Verse 1, verse 2, and verse 4, they all give us some instructions to be followed in this matter of bringing praise and blessings to the Lord. And then, of course, in verses 3 and verses 5, give us some of the very reasons that we're told to bless and to praise the Lord. Why should we be such a grateful people? Well, things do change around us. Sometimes things around us can be easy and sometimes they can be hard. Sometimes we can feel pretty certain of things and sometimes we can feel very uncertain about things. But I just want to remind you, there are some things that are absolute certainties that no matter what else that this world or the devil or whoever else has brought your way, there's some certainties in your life that you can bless and praise the Lord for. He gives us a very simple thought here. At the end of verse 4, he says, Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Be thankful unto him, unto God, unto the Lord Jehovah, and bless his name. You see, he tells us first of all that we can be thankful unto him, that we can bless his name because of who he is. The world can't change that. There are certainties about God, and, and we could go on and on, but he gives us a couple of things here. First of all, he says in verse 3, Know ye that the Lord, he is God. Now, if you notice the spelling there, Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D in your Bibles, that's Jehovah God. You see, we have absolute assurance no matter what else, that he, Jehovah God, is the one and only true God. He is our God. You could have been born in many other places and many other lands. There are many lands and places, not only around the world, but even right here, where we are, right here in the UK, where people worship other gods besides Jehovah God. They don't worship the true and the living God, and there is only one, and he is the only one. Psalm 115, just a few pages over in your Bible there. Psalm 115. The Bible says, Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory. For thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Wherefore should the heathen say, where is now their God? But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. 
They have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. They have hands, and they handle not. Feet have they, but they walk not. Neither speak they through their throat. They that make them are like unto them. So is every one that trusteth in them. It's quite a strong statement. You see, what he's saying is they can make them look so real, but idols are dead. There's no life to them. And them that make them and them that worship them are dead too. Spiritually, there is no life in them. But our God, the one true and living God, Jehovah God himself, he is alive. As we just read there in verse 3 of Psalm 115, we can find that the prophet Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 42, and in verse 8, the Word of God says, I am the Lord. That same word again, Jehovah. That is my name. And my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. You can't worship and praise some image and praise and worship the true and living God. Isaiah chapter 6, we find that the prophet says here, beginning in verse 1, he says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet. With twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, 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 he is the Lord, Jehovah God of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. You see, the truth is, is that there is only one true and living God. You know, so many times we fail to stop and even think about the fact that we could have been born in one of those places because as we sit here today in our comfortable seats, there's still many, many, many places on the face of this earth that have never one time heard about the one and true living God. They've never heard that Jesus Christ came and died for their sins. The Bible says that we ought to be giving thanks and blessing his name because of who he is, because he is our God. Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. There are many things that could be said here, and even in these things, I guess one of the, the great conversations that we got into uh, again as we were uh, in the open air on the outreach Saturday before last with the, uh, with the Muslims there, as many comes back to who is Jesus and what they think of Jesus. You know, how can you show us in the Bible? And, of course, you go to the verses that clearly spell it out, but then they don't believe the Bible. <laughs> and, of course, it's not just that. As we look all through the Scripture, we find that as we look at many of these things, God's Word can't possibly contradict itself. And even many times when it's not saying, this is the triune God, this is showing us that Jesus Christ is God himself, 
we find that if it were any other way, the Scriptures would be contradicting themselves, which cannot be. We need to be thankful that the Lord is God, that He's our God. Because you see, it's only the one true living God that can answer your prayers. It's only because that He is our God that He will protect you, that He will supply your every need. He's the only one that can truly forgive your sins and give you life eternal through his son. He's the one that promised that he would never leave you, that he'd never forsake you. You see, no matter what goes wrong in your life, the Lord is God. Jehovah God is your God, the one and only true God. It doesn't matter who's in number 10 Downing Street. Doesn't matter who's in the White House on Pennsylvania Avenue. It doesn't matter who's in the Kremlin or any other of the capital seats of this world. The Lord is still God. Doesn't matter how we feel. The Lord is God. He's in control. Nothing ever takes him by surprise. He is sovereign. So I'm just reminding this morning, folks. We lose track of that. We forget how blessed we are. Not only to, to be in a place that we've heard that truth, but to know him as our God. He is our God. Scriptures tell us very simply that we serve him with gladness. We come before his presence with singing, Know ye that the Lord, he is God. That's who he is. Not only is he your God, he's our creator. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. You see, if you come back to man somehow having that responsibility, then our accountability is no longer to God. It is to man himself. <laughs> I'm kind of glad that man didn't have a hand in making me. I messed up enough with God making me. <laughs> we find that the messed up part of each of us is not because of what God didn't do right, but it's because of that sin that's within us. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. You see, he's the one individually he made you like you are. When you're feeling so bad for yourself and you're wishing that you were so different or all this, he's, you didn't create yourself. Nobody else created you except God. And he created you as who you are. Here, of course, when the psalmist was writing this, in the plural sense, he was also the creator of the nation of Israel, his chosen people. Somebody asked a question. I think it was Maurice was asking because somebody had been asking her questions about, well, you know, why did God have to send his son through Israel? You know, why didn't he come through China or somewhere like that? The truth is Israel was created for that purpose. God is the one that set a people aside. He is the one that created it for his son to come through them. There was no Israel until God put it there when he called out Abraham and went on from there. You know what? We've seen much in recent weeks that he also is the one that created the church that you and I are part of today. 
the body of Christ that will be called out of here one day when the trumpet sounds, but that local visible body that we're a part of right here today. You know, would you agree that life is full of obligations? Mine sure is. I'm sure yours is too. But what this verse reminds me of is my greatest obligation is to God. <laughs> Sometimes you get to feeling all down because you just can't be everything that everybody wants you to be and you can't do everything that everybody's wanting you to do. I know. But remember, you can, you can praise and bless his name because of who he is, because he is Jehovah God, and he is your God, and he is your creator, and he's the one that you're most obligated to. Give thanks to him, because he's the very one that gave you life. He's the very one that gave you your last breath, and he's the very one that will give you your next breath. He's the one that placed you right at this very point in time. He's my creator. He's your creator. I wouldn't be here if it weren't for him. Psalm 139, verse 14. The psalmist put it this way. Psalm 139, verse 14. He says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well today be thankful unto him and bless his name because of who he is and i don't have a lot of time here but not only because of who he is but because of who we are what do you mean preacher i'm nothing that's right but he says what does he go on to say know ye that the lord he is god it is he that hath made us and not we ourselves what are the next words we are his people <laughs> Not because of who you are in yourself, but just as Ruth testified when she came earlier, it's all because of him, and it's him. And, of course, that's what he's saying here. We are his people. We're, we're his children. He's our father. Yes, it was the nation of Israel that was his people, but now. It's those that are his through the Lord Jesus Christ. This speaks of an intimacy here. We are his. Illustration just like that, that we would use talking of our children. You know, you want to you get any mom or dad riled in a hurry, you start messing with their children. <laughs> you see, you know, I, can, I, can, I can express to each and every one of you how much I love you today. But there's two girls sitting back there that are my children, they're my people. That's what God is saying to us here, to bless him, to praise him because we are his people. We become his people through the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says we're bought with a price that we become joint heirs with him, the God of the universe and all that he is, the one true God, the creator of everything. He adopts us into his family. He is our father. We can look at many passages, but we don't have time. We know that because of sin, mankind is alienated from God. But God, in his love, he sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to pay for our sins. 
Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, 3, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You're born the first time into that earthly family, but you've got to be born into God's family. You've got to experience that, that second birth, that spiritual birth, to be part of the heavenly family. You're born into the family of God. At that moment, did you place your full faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior? You see, your heavenly Father loves you. Your heavenly Father, your Father, you're His. He hears your prayers. He corrects you just like you would your children, but nobody, nobody can correct us better than He can correct us. Nobody can protect you like He can protect you. Nobody can look out for you like He can. I'm saying be thankful and bless His name because of who He is, but because of who you are as his people, as his child. And he goes on to say, and the sheep of his pasture. <laughs> his people, his sheep. You see, God is our father. This is the Lord Jehovah God that's being identified here as our shepherd. God the Son is our savior. Through the Holy Spirit, that, that, that God is right here within us, dwelling within us now as his children, when we accept Jesus Christ. You see, this is another one of those things in Scripture that here in the psalm, the psalmist is referring to God the Father, Jehovah God as the shepherd. But also in a number of places in Scripture, in John chapter 10 and in verse 11, we find that Jesus himself is speaking when he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. You see, being his people, we are his people. That suggests an intimate relationship. Being his sheep suggests an intimate care that he has for you. The job of the shepherd to take care of the sheep and that's exactly what our God does for us. We ought to be thankful in him today. We ought to bless his holy name because of who he is. He is our God, the one and true living God. What a blessing to be able to know that. He's our creator. He gives us life and he continues to do that because of who we are, because we are his people, and because we are his sheep. And I want to give you these quickly. Be thankful to him and bless his name because of not only who he is and who we are, but because of what he is. He says here in verse 5, for the Lord is good. We talk about good. Well, let me tell you something. God is the source of all goodness and God is the only truly perfect example of goodness in the world. You have a home in heaven. God's promised you that because the Lord is good. You get your prayers answered, the Lord is good. You get a pay rise, the Lord's good. Somebody that you've been praying for finds Jesus Christ as their Savior, the Lord is good. The Lord has given you a a faithful and loving husband or wife, and 
parents and brothers and sisters and children, those, those people that make your life, the Lord is good. If you live long enough, he even gives you grandkids. Because <laughs> the Lord is good. But guess what? You lose your job, the Lord's still good. You're sick, the Lord's still good. You lose one of those people that means so much to you, the Lord is still good. Maybe the people that you love the most around you, maybe something happens, maybe it's a divorce, maybe the parents abandon, all kind of terrible things happen, but the Lord is still good. You see, the Lord is good no matter what happens. It doesn't make him bad. He doesn't stop being good ever. He doesn't ever stop. That great promise in Romans 8, 28, that says, for all things work together for what? For good. For who? To them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. That's God's promise because God is good. And you can praise and thank him and bless his name today because he's good. And not only because he's good, he goes on to say, his mercy is everlasting. You know the word mercy there? It speaks of God's loyal love, his faithful love, his, his unfailing love. The fact that it's everlasting just underlines his total, complete faithfulness. You can't make God love you any less. You can't make him love you anymore. You need to praise him today. When it comes to God's mercy, his loving kindness is another way of saying it. There is no limit. It's always at work in your life. You see, when those things that you thought were going to be such a problem, they're solved they work out because of his loving kindness. When he provides that guidance that you just were so confused over, he's showing you his loving kindness. When you do have that peace that passeth all understanding, it just doesn't make sense. He's showing you his loving kindness. When you're looking and you're trying to find those answers and you're so confused that he gives you insight into his word, his inspired word. God is showing his loving kindness. His loving kindness, he says here, it's everlasting. We find that, again, without looking at the many passages, those of us that know the Lord, that are part of his family, that are his people, we experience his loving kindness day by day in our lives and right throughout eternity. Be thankful unto him. Bless his holy name because it says his truth endureth to all generations. <laughs> the word that's translated truth here, it also carries that idea of faithfulness, of steadiness, of firmness, you can't be more faithful than God's word, his truth. You can't be more firm, more stable than that. You see, when God says something, that's it. When God makes a promise, he keeps it. It can't be any other way. His truth endureth to all generations. 
You see, we could look at many places where God tells us that he is faithful to all these generations. One of the greatest concerns that parents and grandparents have are for those children and those, those grandchildren. One of the great fears as we see so much wickedness in the world is for their, their physical safety and for their spiritual well-being. But you know, we have to trust him. His truth, his promises for us. They're there for our children and for their children if the Lord tarries. He'll be faithful to the next generation just as he has been to the past generations. I just want to remind you today, folks, it's Thanksgiving Day, but every day of our life, no matter what, he says here, be thankful unto him and bless his name because of who he is. He is our God. He is our creator. Because of who we are, we are his people. He's chosen us. We are his sheep. He's the one that will care for us and protect us and take care of us. Because of all that he is, he's good, he's merciful, he's true, and he's faithful. These are just a few simple things. How many times do we read this psalm? How many times do we maybe quote this psalm by heart? How many days of our life do we go through? We just simply fail to truly be thankful in him and to bless his name because we're too focused on everything else rather than who he is, who we are as his children and what God is for each and every one of us that belong to him. Father, we thank you this morning as we've looked into your word. Lord, now as we come to the close of this service, I pray that you would just help us, Lord, to be a more thankful people. Help us just to remember how blessed, Lord, these, these are just such simple things. There's so much more. Lord, we've just pulled a few nuggets out of, out of this psalm of thanksgiving. I pray today that you just help us, Lord. Help us to be a thankful people. Help us to bless your name. We give you the praise and thanks for it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.